Yo, what's going on, people? Another episode of the AJ Rose Show. I think it's episode six. It could be episode seven. I don't know. Basically, sorry for the delay of episode. I was ill recently. Tried out some health hacks. They kind of, some of them pissed me off. I'm not going to lie here. You know how you drink honey and lemon when you're ill? I tried to overload the lemon. Mm. So I was drinking like the equivalent of two lemons per honey and lemon cup it didn't really give me the boost i wanted and now my teeth are mad sensitive so yeah anyway that's why there was no episode recently i was ill i'm feeling better now i think it's episode i'm pretty sure it's episode six today's guest well what can i say about today's guest comedian host of his own show podcast producer all-round good guy funny guy luke nixon what are you saying bro for having me, mate. That was a oh, that was a proper intro. I always yeah, gas was, my guests up yeah, on the intro. Sure. Bro. I don't think anyone said that to me in my life. That was that was <laughs> I feel amazing. Thank you, mate. Good to, I'm sorry good. to hear about the lemon situation. That sounds bro. Pretty, my yeah. teeth are sensitive now. Yeah. Like You're an ice cream guy, big ice cream guy. Or? Uh, I do like an ice. I had an yeah. ice cream before I come. Oh, even with the sensitive teeth. As I well. was like, fuck it, man. Some things are worth. You gotta live dangerously sometimes. You have to live on yeah. the edge. Yeah. Little Hagen does 170 calories. <laughs> You know how to do it properly. Come I'm on. more of a tub guy myself, you know. Small but, tub. It's a small tub. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm, mm. I'm talking big tubs. But Oh, you uh, have the whole one? Yeah, well, I used to. I used to have a whole Ben & Jerry's by myself. And okay. then I got a girlfriend and, you know, she's trying to rein that in a little bit. Okay. You know? Yeah, fish fish food. Do you like fish food? Are you a fish food guy? I used to eat the fudge brownie one. Yeah. Cookie dough as well. That's a personal fave. But, yeah. Yes. Not got much on fudge brownie, but it's it's, it it's commendable, I it's guess. It's commendable one. It's yeah. all right, but yeah, let 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 let's dive straight in. So obviously, you do a couple different things, yeah. One of which is producing podcasts. Mm-hmm. So what goes into producing a podcast? Because everyone listens to them, but I don't know if everyone knows how they're made. Yeah, so we well, we had a chat before about like it's a bit weird for me to be this side of it, which is big honor to be here. But like I've been making shows for about uh, six or seven years, but usually just audio never like video or anything like that but uh, my full-time job has been a podcast producer for about four months now um before then i was doing it wait you've part-time. been making shows oh yeah i was doing uh, it part-time. the maths weren't adding yeah. up but you just <laughs> well, i'm dyslexic as well so you gotta call me out okay. a couple of times just... yeah so i usually um i made this show called are you feeling funny after i left uh uni which was all about basically uh asking comedians mind body spirit and health and all that kind of thing with a harley street doctor um and that was just like amazing experience to make with uh with my dad and this guy called arnold brown and brian kaplan and we didn't have any money to make the show but i had mics from university and a friend of mine so we used to go into this doctor's studio and basically like kind of like hang up like a little curtain or like <laughs> try and make it a little bit like this yeah. uh, and people like you know jamali maddox came and did the show and it was all because of Arnold and his contacts. Okay. Uh, he was like an older Glaswegian comedian. And uh, yeah, it was like, that was my first experience of kind of ad hoc producing. Um, some of those episodes did, did really well. And some of them are still, you know, they're st- all still out there. So, you know, that was my first experience making it. So what do you do though? Like when you make a show, like um, what do you actually do? If you're, if you're not the one on the podcast, yeah. you're behind the scenes. What are you doing behind the scenes? I guess you kind of, you have to talk to the presenter about what they want to get across in the, in the hour. Um, it Why didn't you ask me what I wanted to get across today? Bro? Well, you're the one asking me questions. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta. And I, I didn't want to, you know, produce too much. You know, I hear you. I'm leaving it all up to you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I guess with with that first show, Are You Feeling Funny? It was all about comedians talking about health. Uh, so mental health, mental health, mental. physical health, spiritual health, all of that stuff. So as long as they kind of the presenter got that across, maybe a couple of pickups at the end. Usually it's fairly straightforward if the presenter's good. You know, what's a pickup? Uh, so a pickup is maybe some a producer has an idea during the show uh, at the end. So a question that might be a bit more challenging or a bit more uh, risky that hasn't been asked. You know, it's always worth just trying to get that in at the end. You know? Okay. Yeah. So that was my first experience doing that. And you ever produced a show that you don't have to say the name, but you've been doing it for years. Surely you must have produced a show that maybe you weren't so keen on. Oh, yeah. Quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do then when you're producing a show and you're just like, yo, what the hell am I doing? Well, <laughs> I think um, not not my current show I'm doing, uh, but there has been um, some shows I've done in the past where uh, it can be there's not that natural synergy and you sort of have to chime in a bit or, you know, there's some funniness. Yeah, you have to try and make stuff a bit more fun, you know, because sometimes it can be a bit tense and, you know, th this full, like it's got lights, it's got everything, but it doesn't feel too, too much, you know, because yeah. it's in a, a lot of people who might watch this will be like, wow, it looks really, you know, really pro, right? But it's in a crate, like, up and levels outside a comedy club just revealing industry secrets keep some of the mystery bro. yeah we can cut that we can cut that um, no, we'll keep it yeah but you know i'm just just saying that it's got a good feeling to it rather than it being too intense you know yeah also yeah i forgot one thing yeah there's another set there's a, not another segment there's a segment at the end called would you rather i keep forgetting to promo that at the start so if you're still listening, which I hope you are, it's only been like seven minutes. Hopefully you're still here. But <laughs> if you're still here, know that in about 20, 30, maybe even 40 minutes, maybe not 10 minutes, soon there's going to be a segment coming up. I should have promoted it at the start. It's a banging segment. I like it. Watch out for that. That was a great, yeah. See, that was a great promo. I've done my promo today. I'm gassed. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> when, I, when, when I was messaging Luke, like, yo, you want to come on my podcast? He was like, also, I sell radio shows. Like, make sure you ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'll do. I'll do a big promo thing at the end. Don't worry. I've got, so, I've got my lines. You know, he was like, he was desperate to get this in. Like, he wanted to just, he just crowbarred it in. I had this structure. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 fuck what you had planned. Let's talk about how I sell radio shows. I'm not that corporate, you know. I just want to be this kind of sweet little guy who does jokes sometimes. You know, he just presses the button occasionally at a show. That's all I do. That's what I am. That does sound quite interesting, though. You sell radio shows yeah yeah what is what is that yeah so um like in a good way by the way when i say what is that come across as i was like disgusted by that <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i'm not disgusted <laughs> i'm not, I'm not agreeing you don't make a lot of like i think radio shows it's a it's a big industry but um comedy radio for like radio 4 and the audible i've got experience there selling shows because uh, my dad is an ex-radio producer and he basically, when I left uni, said to me, do you want to do something together? And that's where we made that first show I talked about, Are You Feeling Funny? Where it was just a couple of mics, laptop. I think we recorded it on GarageBand or something like that. Mm. And then we had to mix it properly and make it sound really good. The default and one that comes on Mac. GarageBand. Yeah, the free one. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, Shout out GarageBand. Yeah. And, and our friend Alex as well, he, he helped make it and was amazing. And uh, then we started to think, well, we've got this is a great show. This is a good idea, but we couldn't sell any of those shows because all the comedians have done it for free and it would be wrong to try and make money out. So of you have to tell them like, obviously first, if oh, you're yeah. selling it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we pitched it, but Radio 4 didn't want it. And you have to go through a round of becoming a preferred supplier with Radio 4. So 
not not everyone can just pitch to to Radio 4. Bro, that's like the chicken and the egg. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't have this job unless you've got experience. How do I get experience unless I get this job? This is it, yeah. So so we had to go through rounds of pitching, then we got accepted, and it was just like two-man company, and my sister got involved, and we just started pitching loads. And we got a pilot called Wisebaum, which was like a stand-up comedian called Steve Whiteley. He's an actor as well, and he wrote this amazing story about being a poet and uh, like a co comedy character pitched it and we sold that pilot to Radio 4 and was really proud to make it. Ricky Grover was in it as well. You've listed um, about 10 names, yeah, and I'm sure that they're like really reputable. <laughs> I'm lost, but every time you're like, we got, we got like Adam Smith, you know, <laughs> we got Carl well, Singh, like well, all these guys. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I'm sure they're big names. I've got no idea who they are. Well, Shout yeah, out yeah, them yeah. though. No, yeah, no disrespect, no. but <laughs> you know when people just list their names and you got to pretend that you know them, but I, I can't pretend that. Could you imagine bro. if none of it was real? <laughs> Could you imagine if none of it was real? <laughs> and I'm just buying every yeah, word yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, And then, uh, yeah, so that happened. And then the thing is, we sold that pilot and it was really difficult to sell another pilot or get a series. So it wasn't like we made that company and then everything was great. We still had full-time jobs. This was all like done at the weekend. You know, I was working in a pub and then I did like events work as well as doing the radio stuff. And so mm. the the budget for it is just isn't there. You can't really sustain yourself unless you're a bigger production company. We were three people. So we made- What kind of money we talking when you sell a show? Like maybe you don't have to discuss the money yeah. you made from your show, but from yeah, what yeah. you know of the industry, like let's, what's the like, a high figure like that a radio station would put in England um, would pay what, for, for like, a show. For like Radio 4 or like... Any, anyone. I, I don't know all the stations, but... Well, well I, I, I wouldn't like reveal like... Um, I sound really dodgy now, don't I? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't reveal um, like exact figures, but it depends how big the company is and if it's a series or a pilot. And like for us, it wasn't enough for any of us to like stop full-time work while we are doing it you know all right let's so say I it's a series it's a if series. it's a series if it's a bigger piece of work let's say a big comedian wanted to sell it like i don't know russell howard wanted to go to radio 4 well i'm sure that would be a different you know conversation but we were making like you know smaller pilots and stuff like that so but how much can you make in theory like realistically uh, throw some numbers i i, I don't know I, I, I don't know no comment at this time i think <laughs> <laughs> so i think i've got a tissue mate i'm actually tripping. yeah yeah, yeah. sorry mate. you know what i didn't it's want to point pretty, it out that you, yeah. you're like they're sweaty because yeah, i didn't want to be rude out. but and do i look really sweaty again i'm not one to comment on another uh, person's it, I, appearance I, I look like that. am i dripping am i dripping badly i think oh yeah yeah that's that's a real this is the problem i think i just look really dodgy because I sweat so much, you know. It's like, what has that man been doing? That's I know. Worn him out <laughs> Listen, I got so here early. Much. I was feeling great. I had a chat to these guys, and now I'm just dripping, mate. It's uh, it's when you start talking about the numbers. I think I was it's like, that's oh, it. Yeah. He already like, revealed some industry secrets about where we're recording. This. He's like, no, I can't do that again. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think when it comes to, um, that's why I think this kind of thing is much more free, and podcasting is a lot more fun because you can you can do it yourself without having to commit loads and loads. I feel like this interview is really like, it's more of a job interview now. <laughs> it started off as, you know, and then you got me on the ropes. And That's now... why I gassed you up at the start. I wanted yeah, to get these, I know. This is, prices this out is you, a but... gotcha interview, isn't it? This is what it is. Yeah. Um, got, I, gotcha I don't know. journalism. Yeah, this is it. I only know that word from Dw from Dwight from The Office. But you're a, you're a journalist as well, aren't you? Right? Well, I write about video games. Yeah. And I used to write about music. And sport, no? Was it? Some football, but mainly Some. like made up me playing video games and then writing about it and then people commenting like what the fuck have i just read like 
<laughs> so like so like video games like to, like tomorrow the show i produce during the day jimmy's jobs of the future we've got the um ceo of football manager miles jacobs that's what i write about football manager yeah so like that that kind of stuff is like with podcasts and people sponsor certain episodes to try and so that's how that sort of thing works but with mm. i would say that the bbc and and it, it's a lot more traditional ways you pitch and you have to go through rounds like with podcasting it's a lot more instant if someone wants to like support a show or try and sponsor it it's completely different it's quicker in my opinion yeah. okay so that how does that get me out of jail a little bit is that tbc no. TBC <laughs> right, we'll to see. be decided but yeah, obviously you're a comedian as well yeah so like so yeah yeah you are bro i, I thought you you had me down at brighton fringe last year was that what we did last year? Oh, yeah. I was there flyering. Nice. Yeah. I got there like 10 minutes before the gig. Yeah. And there was still bare flies. I was like, all right, cool. Was, I managed to get like three people in. Was it at the Walrus? What was it? At the, uh, so like in the raised room, I think it was. At Bright Fringe. Yeah. It was a split bill show. Those ones are more fun to do than, you know, uh, split. It was more like a, it wasn't, was it? It was, um, what do you call it? Not a variety show. But when, what, what is it when you put on a show and you host loads of people? It's like a variety or a, it's not a split bill. Cause that's what I'm doing this, this. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I, I don't know I don't all know. the names. Yeah. We've, we've ruined this. I don't moment. know all yeah. the names. Um, but Momentum's yeah. Momentum's gone. It was, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely killed it. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we put on a show where the host hosted like six comedians at a time or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's basically like just a comedy night technically in yeah. Brighton where everyone does like 10 minutes and then yeah. one person does 20 or something yeah yeah that was so uh, you smashed that yeah that's, that's exactly what it was that's yeah. basically it but yeah how'd you yeah. like what made you want to get into comedy in it so i first did stand up when i was eight years old eight yeah and it was a it was a village hall variety show <laughs> <laughs> talent competition and my mum's an actor so my yeah. mum was the judge of the competition right so it was Talking one of three nepotism. yeah so so it was rigged right and I still didn't win. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so I did it. I went up and did my thing. And, uh, you know, I came second. I was furious. And I vowed I would always continue until I won something. You know? Have have you No, since? still not won. I've been in, <laughs> been in finals, come, like, not even come runner-up yet. So I lost to a kid playing the Diablo, you know? You remember the Diablo? No. Ah, I've lost you again. Don't worry about momentum. it. <laughs> yeah, momentum. Yeah, momentum's gone, yeah. But yeah, so that was the first time I did it. I knew I loved it. And apparently I walked off stage. Um, I think my dad said to me, he said, did you enjoy that? And I said, yeah, let's book it out next week and get them all back. They're going to want to see some more. <laughs> so I was quite cocky as an eight years old. Then I didn't do it again until I started hosting events while I was in Cardiff. because I was manager of the radio station there. So I started to... How old were you then? Nine? 18. Or... <laughs> so, then I, so then started hosting, but didn't know how to do comedy and then started doing open mics and I did okay. a course as well. So, so how old are you now? 26. Okay. Yeah. So you've been, have you been doing it for like eight years? Not really. I started again when I was like three years ago, but like, okay. like I did a little bit here, a little bit there, but like properly doing it every week, like three or four times a week. Yeah. Cool. About three years ago. Actually, I remember now when I met you, I met you at a show and you was actually like proper nice. Cause I, I've done my set and you were like, it was like my third gig or something, my fourth gig. And he was like, bro, message me and I'll tell yeah. you some gigs to apply for. And it was, was at like, the Boogaloo Yo. in, uh, in Highgate or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, you were great. Yeah. yeah, thanks, bro. And you did the thing with the uh, water bottle. I remember you took a little time in your set. You told me why you did it, which is interesting because when loads of comedians start out, what they do is they rush. They rush all the time and they get through the set. Like I still do that now sometimes. Yeah, but you I, had I the water rush. bottle. You had a little sip. I I kind of dropped that a bit because I didn't want it to. It, it, 
it felt gimmicky in it for those who well, don't know like I used to walk on stage deliberately pause make the audience wait and then I'd say something and I it would like it. it would get laughter but it just felt like it just felt not very natural because you know when I had my operation with my leg I, yeah. was, I started doing stand-up again after uh, during Christmas time and mm. I had a couple of competitions and people thought I was taking the piss with the operation it was a pro- a yeah prop. so I'd come on like hobble on and I couldn't walk because I did two ligaments in my ankle mm. and I just had this surgery for it and people were like so what do you incorporate that into the show do you do a little dance and I was like oh dang it bro why <laughs> like, do people think that comedians just lie through their teeth I mean probably yeah. a lot a lot do and they know that like stories are embellished but like I make jokes about therapy and people are like so go on then have you actually been and I'm like Bro, if I haven't been, do you know how much Googling I would have had to have done to get them jokes? Like, this is in-depth knowledge of how therapists work. Like, you don't yeah. get this on Google. Yeah, I feel like you'd be an interesting client therapy-wise, you know? Because you've got such a soothing voice. You've got, like, a deep, sexy... Maybe therapy for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've got, like, if people said to you before, you've got, like, Giggs's kind of voice, you know? I got called the uh, Giggs of comedy, as in, like, Giggs the rapper. Yeah, because it's on that level of deepness. Just... Like, I sound quite high-pitched compared to you. Do you know what I mean? Most like, people do, to be all fair. Right, thanks. You could have said something nice there. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, could, you could have said something there. But that's all right. We'll just leave that there. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, I remember seeing you there and then, mate, you've just, like, cracked on. And, like, and how did you find it, like, after that first gig? Was that your first ever one or was that your... It was, like, my fourth when I met okay. you. So when did you when did you start being, like, going to do it all the time? Do you know what I mean? When was Pretty that? Pretty much after the first. Uh, it, yeah. Not necessarily, like, all the t- I didn't make like I just I tried it out mm. and the reason I tried it out because I thought I'd be decent at it like I mm. didn't for example I used to like playing football I quickly realized I'm mediocre at best at football like there's some things I'm not good at and so I just I try not to do too much of them in it in five aside I'm good at the back I'm not even good at five aside oh you're not five I'm just a liability bro. Yeah, I've okay. retired from five aside football I've I feel retired. like you'd be a good manager or like a dad at the sidelines like yelling at kids you know not maybe your kids, your kids. kids, not yeah, not just any kids, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's weird, that's it. But like, yeah, you, you think I just turn up at parks on Sundays just yelling? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't know what you do in your spare time. But to be yeah. fair, I have, I have been to a park to watch a game, but it was my cousin. Okay, and it's tough, bro, because so, like, obviously the standard's not that high in it, and you can't like be mean. How old was your cousin? Oh. I don't know, like nine or eight or okay, something. So I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was. Like, <laughs> Um, yeah, but if I heard you yelling at me, I'd like I'd run, mate, and I can't run very fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I done a few gigs, and then well, I done the first one. I was like, I might as well keep doing it, and yeah. then here I am in it, just still doing it. I think uh, Alex Kitson, who's a great comedian, said to me, the only way to like he said something like the only way to keep going at comedy, oh, be a success in comedy, is just keep going and never stop. And that's so true. It doesn't matter what what gig you're doing, where you're doing it at, as long as you're just cracking on and carrying on. There's no there's no stopping it, you know? Yeah. So you got the truth bomb it. on the pod already. Wow, there you go. We're getting deep. Yeah. Introspective. Yeah. I'm not even too sure what that word means, but oh, it's, you know, it's I think right. I've used it's, it in the right context. Yeah, you just killed it there, mate. So yeah. that's a good word. Yeah. But yeah, like obviously you do comedy in that. So what's been some of the the better moments? And we'll get to the worst, but let's start with the best. I think the Wait, best... hold on, hold on. Before you answer, yeah, you know, I, I don't know why this has been playing on my mind, yeah, and it's, it seems like a good time to just address it. You know, when someone says, I've got good news and I've got bad news, what do you <laughs> want to hear first? What should you say first? 
do you say the good news or do you say like, well, the good news is blah, blah, blah. Or do you say the bad news is, but the good news is this. I reckon bad news first, because then you get that out of the way. But if you're yeah. a doctor and someone was seriously ill, you'd kind of have to tell them. Like, yeah, you, you know, couldn't keep them like, yeah. on a cliffhanger. Yeah, like. You got to give them the bad news first and then be back it up. But you've got, you know, your kids are here, you know? Okay. Yeah. All right. We've cleared that up. We're going to go good news first here. Cool. Okay. Good mm. news was, uh, I think the moment, because I'd never done any competitions, suck at gong shows, not gong show guy. You know, I, I get too nervous with gong shows. I feel like when you go out there, the forehead starts going. I start looking around at other people. I get anxious. But in the competitions, I'd, I'd never done one before. Mm. Um, and then Leicester Square New Comedian was one I really enjoyed. And I, well, I think the best moment of that whole process was getting to the final. Just getting there. Because I thought that if I could just get to the semi, that would be a massive achievement. But then the moment I got to the final, was it was great. I'd only had like one leg at a crutch. I just, it was the whole thing of like arriving there and feeling like for the first time, it was something that I'd got, I, I deserved to do. I deserved to go through. And I didn't question in my mind or anything like that. I had like, I knew I was lucky to be there and it was chance and all of that stuff. But it was the first time I thought, actually, this is, this is great for me. Instead so the of imposter just, syndrome weren't. Yeah. Weren't and I get that quite a lot, to be honest with stand up, mm. especially even when I'm getting laughs on stage sometimes. You get the occasional just like, oh, that's only because of this or, you know, but that was the first time I felt that's all right. But yeah, that was the really good bit for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now to the less stuff, the less good stuff. Yeah. I think the worst ever gig, I think, was, I think the first year of doing stand up's really, really hard. Like the open mics, traveling all the time. You know, being on lineups where it's like 18 comedians and you're in like like two hours outside where you live. That's the worst bit. But the worst thing ever was when I started to get a bit better after about two years of doing it consistently. Went on holiday with my girlfriend to Lisbon. Really romantic holiday. She was like, oh, do some comedy if you want. Like knowing I wouldn't book a gig, but I had booked one. So I went to this open mic in the evening and it was like an English speaking comedy show. Uh, and I'd booked it through a friend. And the guy, the host went out and he did 25 minutes at the start of the show. That's a long time. It's a long time. No one was laughing. Like for people that don't know like how the comedy show works, the host might do like 10, maybe 20, but usually just 10 or 15 yeah. to warm people up. Yeah. And it was... 25 is a lot. It was a lot. And there was not many laughs. And he's a nice guy. I like him. We still chat. But then he looked at someone in the crowd and he was like talking about being Brazilian. This was in Port in Lisbon. He went... Uh, any Brazilians in here? And this guy was like, yeah, man, I'm Brazilian. And he's like, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm half Brazilian. He's like, you're not Brazilian. Don't say you're Brazilian. All right, this next comedian is Luke Dixon. And I went up on stage and he got my name wrong. I thought, right, English speaking show. I'll just ham up the Englishness, like really push it. So I did all this stuff about Yorkshire puddings. And it's just like 15 minutes of just silence. Like absolutely <laughs> nothing. And like, I looked around and I was just like, oh, this is just the worst, like killed the romance of this holiday looked in the corner my girlfriend was just like the only one laughing but she was like crying with tears because she was filming it and then like i walked off stage and she was just like it's just so nice to not see you do well and i was like this is so mean so then like at like interval the host was giving us free beers which was really nice and he was like you guys are going where are you going man and i was like oh i think we're gonna just like head home then um on said, the plane not to yeah. <laughs> getting on like, the plane out of here and then and then he said to me he was like one piece of advice he was like really funny when you say the word brav so for me i think it's funny but for them i don't think so i was like oh <laughs> it just 
that was getting reviewed by someone that bombed. Yeah, well, then and then he actually did really well for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was definitely a low point when you realised that there's like because you feel like once you get that first ten, you're like, oh, this is great, doing tens here and there, and you're feeling really good, and then suddenly you're doing, you know, you're bombing in place. And I think the first bomb was the worst, to be fair, and that was one of the first ones. Yeah, I think yeah, with like bombing, I found it kind of like. Also, as well, just I'll just define what bombing is because some people aren't always like aware of what that term is, and I am in like Asian, so there could be some <laughs> confused minds out there. But yeah, uh, bombing's basically where you tell a joke and it and it's just silence. And yeah. so if you hear the word bombing, that's what we're on about. But like with bombing, I is I always found it like you just address it. Mm. Like every time I try something new and it don't work, I just kind of make a comment about how I, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's different ways of like dealing with it as well because some people get in their head about it and get really anxious about it i'm one of those people but i'm trying not to be one of those people anymore because you have to do that when you're doing longer sets like 20s you're doing 15s or even like if you're doing a 40 minute work in progress show you've got to really be comfortable with silence and that's something i started to really enjoy is being comfortable with a little bit of silence building towards something you know instead of being like Need to laugh here, need to laugh here. So yeah, that's something I'm trying to get better at. Yeah, yeah. silence, dealing with silence. So I take pauses, so I'm used to the silence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I drum that silence up. Yeah. <laughs> now you said something interesting that you like a lot of traveling. Yeah, one thing that I think made comedy a bit more digestible because when you start off like you are just travel, like you are just mm. doing like small gigs and stuff in like yeah in random pubs and that, but yeah. I don't really travel. Now I travel, but it's for paid gigs. Mm. I don't travel always to like do a trial spot at a big club in another yeah. city. So I, I'll, and even that's like expenses or whatever. But when you say you traveled mm. to do like open mics, I presume, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. why'd you do that? Like, cause you can, if I, if, if someone was start listening to this, like, yo, I'm going to try comedy. Yeah. Mm. I would pass again, each of their own, but I'd personally say like, Yo, if you're gonna have to do small gigs and they're not gonna always be that great, you might as well just keep it to London. There's, I don't see a reason to be like, well, I'm going, uh, going down to Mansfield today to do a five <laughs> in an empty pub. Like, so I think I think my first ever paid gig offer to do comedy was in Stockton upon Tees, which is four and a half hours away from London, and it was ten pounds. <laughs> Did you go? I didn't go, but I had to get talked down from it from my mum, who was like, I was on the phone to her like. I'm gonna leave work today and go to Stockton Bob Tees. It's like, do you know where that is? You know, and 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 then what I started to realize is London open mics, they're great and they're wonderful. But the problem is, a lot of those shows are bringer shows. So it's the comedian's friends. So Monday or Tuesday night or Wednesday, they don't really want to be there. So it's not really a fair test of where you want to go. So what I found is places like Cambridge and Oxford and places like that, you could get a two hour train to or an hour train. There's a real audience that want to be there. And that for a younger comic is so useful. So I've, that is something I didn't know, consider. So I I loved it. I start, I knew I wasn't going the gong route. I knew I wasn't very good at that. But going two hours out that way, doing a slightly longer set, doing five, seven, ten minutes out there, that gave me a bit more strength. I I think. Yeah. So I also like the traveling as well. I, I weirdly enjoy it. Not so much anymore now, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I only mean in terms of I'll go if I'm getting paid now but if it's a, if it, as you say if it's an open spot or a club or whatever perfect but to an open mic if if you if they give you longer then fine you know yeah that is a good point actually because you do it is nice to have real crowds yeah on the flip side 
if you can make one of them half ass crowds laugh, that also means you might have some good stuff. Definitely. Because yeah. they don't want to be there, really. Obviously, they're there, but... Mm. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes they're not. I mean, you know, sometimes... I think the hardest rooms, I think we've done one before, which used to be a place called Cafe Mode. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it used, I think it's good now, but it used to be no audience at all. And then I remember doing a show with you, it was like three people. And it was Covent Garden on a, mm. on, a, on, a, on a Friday on Thursday night or something. It was a Thursday night. That was hard. But if you could make one person laugh, then that was something that you had then you could take away and work on. I'm going to be real. That show, actually, yeah, I've learned a valuable lesson, yeah, because I remember I'd done it. I wouldn't say I bombed, but I'd say it's one or two levels above bombing. Like It weren't <laughs> like a full-on, like, yo, this guy should never hold a microphone again. But it, well, I didn't exactly like... Do you, do you feel those moments though? Do you ever feel those those bombs? Have you had that experience before of those kind of bombs? You know? Yeah, bro, I done a gig last night, yeah, and no one was there. Like it was just comics, yeah. Cause I thought there's gonna be an audience there. Turns out there was like six people. By the time I got on, they just kept trickling off. Yeah. <laughs> so in the end it's comics. So it's like and some of them have heard bear of your jokes before. I've tried new stuff as well. But I d I don't know if I've had like a you, you, you it, it's. I think it depends on how much you write, in it. Because mm -hmm. like, if you just play, I, I played it safe too much, mm. where, uh, I just kind of do the same material because yeah. I knew it worked, but no, I didn't really grow in it. And then I started. Now I just always write. Now I write in loads, trying out loads of new stuff. That's mm. my new thing. When's your time to write? When do you like? Like, when's your like preference to write because i've, I've you never mean, like, been time a, a day or yeah because a lot of some comedians be like yeah it's wake up at like six and just get an hour and i'm like i can't i'm not funny at six o'clock in the morning you know i probably am but i'm not waking up no <laughs> 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 nah, i don't know in it i try and just set my set myself maybe in the evenings after work come home from work eat whatever shower chill nice. i do like to chill a bit like just to like I need to have like a gap between work and jumping into writing just to like clear my mind. So I bang Fortnite sometimes. It's getting murked by 10 year olds online. That's why I go down the park and shout at them when they play football. But yeah, um, I try and write in the evenings and then sometimes it's like, it's a bit risky though. Cause when you're on a little bit of a streak and it's like silly o'clock and mm. you should be asleep, you're like, no, I'm, I'm, in, a good, I'm in a good space right now. I this I'm I feel like I'm funniest like in the middle of the night. It's really weird. Like if I have an idea, I will mm. get up out of bed and write it, and it's it's really annoying because it affects my whole cycle and whatever. But well, going back to what we we're saying though, that gig at Cafe Modi on that random Thursday, that was a good lesson, yeah. Because I remember that gig, and like I said, I didn't exactly like like bomb, but I I didn't. It wasn't my best performance in it. And then Roman Harris, yeah, Roman come on, and he did really well. And then it made me like, it kind of made me think like, well, I can't always just blame the audience. Cause at first I wanted to and be like, sometimes it is the audience in it. Like sometimes the audience are just not that great of an audience in it. But when they, I personally think if someone comes on and like smashes it in the same audience that you perhaps didn't mm -hmm. smash it in, yeah. there has to be a part of you that looks at it and thinks, well, like, I have to first look at myself before I start blaming like, oh, it was the audience, it was the microphone. It was like, you can blame all this other stuff. You have to start with yourself first. Yeah. And that's what, I remember watching Roman and he like smashed it. Yeah, Roman's been good for so, so yeah, long. Yeah, and he proper smashed it. And I was like, Rob, well, if Roman smashed it, I can't, mm. I can't really 
just be like, wow, the audience were terrible because they weren't because they mm. were in hysterics for him. Yeah, they so were. Th yeah. It kind of toughens you up to be like, you've just got to look inwards and be like, just got to get funny. I've got but, to get But better, we had the it? same kind of gig as well. Like we both walked out and we're like, oh my God, that's that gig, that bad. Yeah, that gig, I remember walked out, yeah, just standing by the door at the back. Some woman walks out. Uh, someone else was on the gig, can't remember. They were like, you were really good. And then to Roman, like, you were fantastic. And then she just looks <laughs> at me and she, that's it. Just looks at me in silence and just walks off. Like I, not even a, not even like a nothing, just this look of disgust. And then just, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, I, I don't always like to, I always look at myself first before I like. That's a good, good place to be at though. You have to. And then once you, and then if you can honestly say, cool, I came prepared. I think mm. these jokes are good, etc., mm. etc. Et then maybe you look at external factors, but it always, for me, it always starts with yourself. You won't get better if like you're just, constantly blaming everything outside of what you do in it me true. personally that's what i think no, no, I believe that, wrong, 100%. yeah so what are you saying like <laughs> i don't know why i said what you're saying but <laughs> yeah I was like, <laughs> 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 dramatic pause yeah, yeah. no obviously in comedy yeah like, bring I, out something from like no years i got ago. i got something for you, okay like, how do you think you like stand out in comedy in it because obviously like it, it, I think it's hard to stand out regardless of like mm -hmm. your background, your gender, your ethnicity, your sexuality, whatever. Like it's still like before you even account for all of those factors, it's hard to write really like really good jokes to make somebody kind of like think that, like, oh, that's that's an AJ Rose joke or like mm. that's a Chris Rock joke or that's a, a Eddie yeah, Murphy yeah. joke or whatever. Isn't it? I think so it's like, really how big... do you, how do you, especially as like a straight white male in this yeah. industry? Yeah. 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 Some might say it's harder to stand out. What's your take on that? I think it, when you when you're when you're a straight white, when you're straight whitey, uh, you you're already you're already quite privileged. You know, there's a level of privilege that comes with it. You know that that it's an easier position to start doing comedy. I think at but um, what I do think is about standing out. I think if you try and stand out, it's you, if you're doing something, you're trying to be really outrageous or all of that business, then sometimes you kind of get found out that way too. So well, I think being funny just starts with yourself. And if you can make yourself laugh at like 2 a.m. writing a joke after a shit day at work, then you've probably got something. And so I, I, I tend to think that's more important than worrying about being funky with your hair or dressing all in a, you know, you see some people dress really like out there, which is great. And that that could work for them. But for me, I just want to be good. And I don't really mind where I get to, I don't want to be the biggest. I don't want to be the best. I just want to be consistent and being funny. That's really important to me. And so if I can make myself laugh, that's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know about that. If I'm being honest, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Why is that? No, I don't know. Because when you say if I can make myself laugh, that is good. Yeah. To go back to my musical uh, uh, brother and spirit gigs. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that he, one thing that he always says is like, I've interviewed him. I've watched bear of his really? other interviews. Yeah. <clears throat> one thing he always says is like, I make music for me in it. Like I make music that I listen to in the car or mm. that my friends want to listen to in it. I don't mm. try and make music for like <clears throat> some commercial audience and that. And if his first is like, I'm the first person who has to like it, that's important. But I also feel like, you have to kind of, you could have a low bar for what's funny is what I'm saying. I've just yeah, gone yeah, really yeah, yeah. long-winded way of saying that. Like yeah. if your bar is low for what's funny, 
cool. You laugh at 2 a.m. You take that shit on stage. It might just tank. It might do, but it's also something that at least you're not. As well as making yourself laugh, you also have to have like a high, like standard to do that. Is what I'm saying. You can't just accept anything because sometimes like, not every I've written stuff where like I've laughed at it and yeah. then I've sat back for actually. Oh, of course, this, yeah, of course, of course. But that's part of a wider discussion, isn't it? It's, that's part yeah. of more like you've got to try material, try it out somewhere. Whereas like if you if you're writing for certain subjects that you think a young London audience would love, that's great. But mm. then if you take that material out regionally and do it, it might die on its ass. So there's two things there, isn't there? It's like writing for you. Mm. then looking out who your audience is and the ideal thing is to write so much material that you can go out there and look and kind of you have to make a bit of a snap judgment try a, a line from that set and if it doesn't work put it back in your pocket bring something else out so mm. that's why i think you have to like all your own material Do you know what I mean? yeah obviously you have yeah. to in it like it's, you're not doing it under duress like yeah, well no <laughs> nobody's forcing you to go on stage and tell these jokes what you say <laughs> I'm going to start doing that now in the middle of recordings. <laughs> but yeah, obviously you're signed to a comedy agency as well. Yeah. Yeah. What's right. that like, bro? It's, um, I think Murph Control are great. They're really nice. Uh, I really like um, being signed with them. I think it's very new to me that it happened and it was because of the Leicester Square final that Jeff saw me. And then uh, what happened there was I thought I'd had a bad gig, if I'm totally honest. I came off stage. If you think I'm sweating now, Oh my God, I was dripping. I was absolutely dripping. Like I'd actually ruined the shirt I was wearing. <laughs> I stank and my girlfriend, all of her family were there. My family were there. So the drinks afterwards, I was just like, you need to give me some dehydrated drinks. <laughs> but Jeff came and had a chat with Cut me. After the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, he came and said like, good set. Like, you know, let's have a chat at some point. So I thought maybe something could happen where I do open spots for Murph because I tried to um, do open spots there before. Uh, mm. But then... Yeah, they, they signed me in, which is great. And they, they do, they book me gigs. And that is just the best thing you could ask for as a young sort of comedian. So yeah, very lucky. But in terms of like, I've seen a lot of my open mic friends I've been doing comedy with now for like three years. And they'll like come up to me like, wow, like, oh, you're signed. I'm like, it is pretty much similar to what <laughs> it was like before. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people think your whole life changes and all, when you when you sign to an agent. But the reality is it's you've still got to do loads of work, get out there and try and make something happen for yourself, like working on a show or booking gigs. Like it's not too dissimilar as being, you know, a regular comic, like a regular open mic comic. I genuinely believe that because unless you're, you will get the privilege and, and benefits of the gigs that they book you for, of course. Mm. But there's also that element of you've got to come up with material, you've got to do everything. It's not like, you know, anything's, everything's done for you, which I think- like They some, can open the door, but you have to walk through it. You, yeah, you go, yeah. And I think there's loads of other people that- You can are, bring a horse to walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey, you're coming out with it today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's a lucky experience for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. One more question before we get to the segment. Okay. Segment. Obviously you run a couple of gigs yourself, yeah? You like, talk about some of the, obviously like when it pops off, it's sold out. Yeah, we can imagine. I haven't done it, but like, I'm I'm guessing it's pretty like it's a nice feeling, right? Like yeah. that's yeah, that's what people would probably like. They could guess that bit mm -hmm. of it. What I'm interested in is the stuff people don't see. Like I'm be real, yeah. When we done Brighton Fringe, yeah, peeps were leaving like 
certain people like they'll just they'll just duck at random times like, they just leave yeah. randomly yeah, yeah, yeah. like you can't you can't predict when it when it's a fringe so festival. what what are some whether it's like the fringe or mm. the show you run with your sister right yeah what are the some of the things that people don't see that go into it can be good can be bad but like the non-obvious stuff yeah sure so like uh for a little bit of context catastrophe cabaret is this comedy and jazz gig that we used to run in loveport junction it used to be in a jazz pub and we just came up with the idea of like putting comedy and jazz together everybody universally said it wouldn't work everyone was like this is a terrible idea jazz and comedy don't mix but mm. our cousin is an amazing drummer has this great band me and my sister get on really well and take the piss out of each other and that's the show with four comedians so we started putting it on initially got a great couple of turnout for the first two shows uh as you usually do when you're starting a show because friends and family come and support and then the problem was we were booking them quite regularly and we were trying to build up a local audience and uh the pub was facing closure as well so it was this whole dynamics of trying to do shows here but trying to build this thing up while mm. it was while it was in the midst of closing um i remember we booked a mother's day show i think it was alfie packham and i can't i think dick denham as well who came to do that show and i think maybe 15 people turned up and that was really hard because it was like it felt like we'd really pushed it as a gig it was doing really well and then it suddenly just like died and then the pub closed as well after we did one more show and that was great but then the pub closed so we had to restart again and think where are we going to go and actually no one will believe me about this but it was christmas it was like the 27th or 28th and me and how my... could it be christmas if it was the 27th <laughs> so well it was just like you know in that period in the but... period yeah and we were in this pub we were getting like asahis me and my sister and this Australian guy started taking the mick out of me. He was like, oh, Sahi, mate, that is just such a shit drink, honestly. Like, I just don't know why you think you can come to a bar and order Sahi, like, get a real man's drink. I was like, mate, can you just let me have my Sahi? He's like, nah, mate, nah, that's shit, mate. And so I, <laughs> I, I ordered it. And he was like, anyway, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I do comedy. I used to do this jazz comedy gig. He was like, my pub's looking for that. And now, like, we have this residency at the Half Moon in Herne Hill, which is the nicest pub. Uh, it's a really supportive, like, team behind it. And we've built up so many people that have come to the shows you build up like emails and you build up uh instagram people and you just start messaging them and and then people hear about the gig and you can book bigger people because you can start to use the money that you've raised before to try and put that towards and, and the thing is you don't really make loads of money running these shows to be honest but what you do do is you get more stage time Mm. and you get to experience it with some of your favorite comics and that is mm. one of which i am not because i've <laughs> never been booked for this gig <laughs> well you will, you will be you will be we're seeing how this podcast goes first mate <laughs> uh but yeah that so that's some good sides and some bad sides of it yeah. okay okay well we've now arrived at the segment would you rather okay. i've got five questions they're kind of I'm up for it. loosely related to to you and being a comic and some are just questions that i just thought were nice <laughs> so question one would you rather be yeah a mediocre comedian but you're the richest comedian in the world or the best comedian in the world but you have mediocre earnings so say your earnings are whatever the uk average salary is that year that's what you get from comedy but everyone knows like you are the best at it or Everyone's like, nah, that guy's dead, but you're the richest. Not dead, but like, he ain't all that. He's mediocre. You're not terrible. You're definitely nothing special. 
Not like saying you are. I'm just saying. Yeah, this no, is no, a no, no. Well, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to think what you're saying here. Uh, I would say, <laughs> I would say to be honest, uh, I'd love to say best ever, but obviously, at the end of the day, whatever you do, everyone's always going to say he's not that great anyway. Like that's no, no, no. That that's that, out the window. Oh, that's out the window. It's universal. Okay, like, I might go. I'd probably go best comedian, but not that much money because swear. yeah, because also like an average UK salary is not that bad, right? So I think it's know. around like. I think it varies between 27 and 30k a year. I think mediocre comedian and richest rich, rich, <laughs> Yeah, richest richest guy, mediocre comedian, whatever. I'll go for that second. Do I get a second chance or is it? You know, no, so, yeah, right, thanks. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm laid back. I'm yeah, chill. Yeah, you were laid back guy. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah, to be honest, basically, I feel like that question really like, do you want clout and respect from your peers or do you want a fat stack in your bank account? Well, like, <laughs> well no. You said. You can't like deconstruct the question afterwards. No, I can. Like, it's yeah. my question. Oh, right, it's your show. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I would say I would love respect from my peers. That would be great. Mm. Yeah. If if I had to choose, I would go for that. I would like. I would. So like you're to... now flipping back. To yeah, the... yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm a sweat, so sweaty, dodgy clout. guy. You want yeah. Clout. I don't really. I don't think. I don't think clout is you money. Want the respect. I want. I want money, and also want to be good. Can you not have both? No, not in this scenario. <laughs> in not? real life, obviously, but yeah. in this hypothetical, you can't. Okay, I'll go for the uh, first thing I said, which was average UK salary. Okay. Being a mediocre comedian, yeah. A guy who loves the craft. Yeah, there you go, yeah. I would take a private jet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Next one, yeah. Cool. If you could do a gig, yeah, mm -hmm. where if you smash this gig... You become like a quote unquote superstar. So whatever that means for you, whether that's like fame, money, whatever making it or whatever is for you, you become it if you smash this gig. But your three favorite comedians are judging it. So they're judging it. You can pick the how long you do. You can pick where it is and you have to do it within one year from this date. Would you do it? And if you and if you um. If you don't smash it, you have to quit comedy. So basically, your choices what? are. <laughs> this is what are these questions? Really... No, it's, it's not that. It's not that hey, complex. I thought it was a really nice, easy, chilled show. You just got me in the ropes here the whole time. But I've asked this question to most you know. comics, did it? All right, yeah, all right, yeah, for content, sure. I'll yeah. give. You, all right, one comic said, "No, nah, I wouldn't take the show because I'm going to become a star anyway." Another comic that, said, that, "Who said that? Bloody hell! I, well, I respect that." You already know because you listen intently to the to the podcast. Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. testing me with that. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew yeah, the answer. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. You keep me on my toes, bro. That's why I brought you on. But it was Moose. Yeah, yeah. And then I done it with Andrew Mensah as well, and he was like, "He's great." I'd take the gig because I I think I'd do well. So would you take the gig? What's the other choice of not taking it? Yeah. Then you just continue on the same path you are now. I think I'd continue if I'm honest. If I'm totally honest, I feel like the pressure. Because I bombed in front of one of my heroes. I'm Who's bombing. Uh, well, well, I, did, I didn't. Do you I, think you listened to this podcast? Well, or no. bro? <laughs> well, I won't say who it was, but um, it was also just someone I like look up to massively. Yeah, they were headlining. I was. I mean, bro, you weren't that bad at that gig. To be fair, was it like? <laughs> <laughs> and like, tell you what, when you're looking around the room and like half the audience is laughing, half of them aren't, and your heroes there, and they're they're giving you advice afterwards, and that's all great, and actually. The advice was incredible and definitely changed my perspective. Of what was the advice? Start, the, the advice was basically not to take it too personally and mm. to realize that when you are going down on that ship and you are bombing, you have to look around the room and you have to make 
something kind of happen make sure that everyone doesn't have a bad time don't take it too personally you know don't be destructive and i think that was like wow so now when i'm bombing and i feel that sometimes it happens i'll just find something in the room to get me back on track and just realize that it's not it's not hugely personal and that really helped me so i think that actually staying on the path i would now because i wouldn't if I bombed in front of one of them, I wouldn't want to bomb in front of three of them. No, but you pick the venue and how long your set is. You pick, Everything's in your control. Yeah, you're right. But what, you, what did you say to it? Well, no one's asked me because I haven't. <laughs> I don't feature as a guest on my own pod, but. I think you go for it. Mm, I don't know. Because basically, like, you pick the set length, yeah? So it, it, and they'll judge you on that. So if you do an hour, which is long and you're crap, obviously you're not going to pass their test. There's a real audience there, and then your three favourite comics are there as well, and they either say, like, yes or no, he mm -hmm. did well or he didn't, yeah? Yeah. So you might pick a sweet spot of, like, 10, 15, 20-minute set, mm -hmm. and then you pick the venue where you do it. You could technically pick the O2 Arena, and it would be sold out, or you could pick, like, your favourite professional comedy club, or you could... But then did you say you have to quit comedy? If you bomb... I wouldn't ever want to quit, so I would take, you know, I would take the mediocre route. I'll just carry on as I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. I, d I wouldn't want to ever quit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another question. This one's probably... Is it even hard? Does it just get harder? Is there any easy sort of like... No, they're like? not meant to be easy. Bro, yeah. not, it's not like... An e if it was easy, there'd be no point in asking. You've okay, got yeah, a proper sure, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. All right. Cool. Sell out the O2 once, yeah? Which is 20,000 seats. Wow. Or... Do a 200-day tour at 100 capacity venues 200 days in a row. So you're touring for 200 days straight in front of 100 people, which after the end, it would have been 20,000 tickets sold. Or you sell out the O2 once, 20,000 tickets. I'd like the 200-day the tour. because I like Non-stop, back to yeah, back. Because I like to go to loads of different places. I'd like to travel a little bit. I've, I've never really traveled, so that would be pretty cool. Also, selling out the O2 would be massive, but, you know, I feel like the 100-day tour is, 200-day tour is great, you know? Because it's, it's those little rooms are quite magical as well, you know? And you can get a lot of magic from 100 people, so, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe that's un unambitious. I don't know. I feel like you're looking at me kind of unsure of me now. <laughs> I feel like... I, I was know. unsure from minute one, bro. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm... I'm joking. I'm going to pick the 200... 201. You're gonna yeah. pick that, yeah. Okay, because I like. I'd love to travel with. This comedy. is a man who loves his craft. Well, loves the craft so. of comedy. Oh, so. sorry. Cool, cool. This one's a bit, a bit. You know, easy or is it? None of them are easy. Yeah, no. Like, right. you got to do every gig whilst being high or every gig whilst being drunk. I think. I think drunk because drunk. Yeah, I think because you. How drunk are we talking? Like few beers or a couple shots because I, I think story-wise I could probably get away with it being drunk high I really you know slow down a lot and the timing goes and you know so yeah, yeah. drunk okay yeah okay as a spin-off every gig hungry or every gig where you're dying of thirst hungry 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 yeah 100% like you're starving though it's not like oh I could I'm a bit peckish it's like yeah. you're <laughs> <laughs> we used to get a free pizza at cafe mode if we, if we did a comedy there and i always used to take it and you never used to take it you know i don't know why you'd pick hunger 
hunger over first because you get all dry and it sounds like it sounds like you get emotional yeah but when you're hungry you got low energy and your stomach True. hurts i definitely yeah the dry throat can do it cool yeah finally yeah uh, 10 million in 10 years time <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> or three million today uh haha -ha. no. yeah <laughs> is this what you do you just invite me just to like all right it's three million today i just go for it yeah you just take that yeah just do it yeah so ooh, okay. i know i know i should the wise man would say 10 years i'd take the 10 but the thing is you don't know where you're going to be in 10 years time you know you could die in 10 years time. Uh, let's assume that for some like you, oh you're, you gotta change the question no now. i can't i can't all right okay no as in like Let's assume that, like, obviously, yeah, true. Actually, no, we won't assume that because you could, yeah, you don't know if you're going to be yeah, in 10 yeah. years. Three years, you're three million, buy a place, you know, that could take some pressure off the day job, you know, do more comedy. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Okay, it's good, some good, good reasoning. There. I feel like you've agreed with none of my answers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you think that shit. No, because I didn't think of like, Obviously, 10 million in 10 years sounds sick, but you don't know if you're still going to be here in 10 years. It's true, yeah. So, but then if you took the 3 million and 10 years did arrive, you might be like... Yeah, you'd be, you'd be pissed off. man, I'm broke now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you got to risk it, man. Could have been balling, but... Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Another section of Would You Are. I hope that was worth the wait for you listeners that got excited on minute seven. <laughs> so, yeah. Just tell them quickly before we go, yeah. First of all, like, watch your socials and that. Where can they find you? Cool. Yeah, you can find me at, at Luke Nixon Comedy uh, across TikTok, Instagram, all of those spaces. Twitter as well. I don't really tweet, but yeah. A lot of comedians say that like, I have Twitter, but I, I just don't use it. There's not much of a tweeter these days. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What's coming next from me, bro? What can the people expect? What do you What, what do you want to plug? Yeah. So um, I've got a podcast coming up called Hangxiety, which is the best stories and the worst mornings after. Uh, that'll be out soon. Got a split bill in Brighton with my friend Elliot Brown, and then I've got a split bill in Edinburgh as well with Blank Peng. So that'll be this summer. So yeah, so if you're around, what, you're going up there for a month. Just going up for a few days. Yeah, and oh, the, the whole month is going to be a bit, a bit much. A bit uh, much, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be if you took ten, like <laughs> took the ten <laughs> million. The 10 million. You could have taken three million. Not going to stretch. Yeah, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have mattered. No, you're right. I'll, I'll, mm. If you ever invite me back on, we'll do it again. Big if. Big yeah, if. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks nah, for nah, me, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back we'll bring you back but yeah cool that's it um like i said i think this was episode six i'm pretty sure it is if you're listening on apple spotify please rate that um by giving it five stars if you're listening on youtube please subscribe like the video comment there's probably more forms of online engagement you can do to help do them as well <laughs> I've been AJ Rose, and that's another episode. See you lot in a bit. Nice one, mate. That was fun. Thank you.